I gotta lock up, son. You looking for faith? Forgiveness? I'm looking for the bowls to cover the spread. Welcome to the junk drawer. Is it on the Google Doc? We're, We're not done with this is, samurai. This is cocktail. This is a samurai pod now. This is samurai pod. Can you put your kimono on oh, set when they had all the text? They were like literally had to tell NATO. By the way, this is for a movie, which also seems like the easiest cover-up to start a war. Right? <laughs> I'm not an expert, but I do know plants pretty well. But I don't think if you dropped me, I would be like. That's a cocaine plant. Like, <laughs> what is he, a botanist on the side? Because <laughs> we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. It's finally time to open the junk drawer. All right, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are here boys for and girls? another episode You're allowed of to listen to this? The Junk Drawer. I wasn't allowed to when I was a kid. I will be your host on our cinematic journey this evening. My name is Bryce Howell. I am joined by my co-host. Oh, you're going to let me say my own name this week? Yes. Okay. No, I don't remember. What is it? Mario Rico. I'm Cole Brown. I get to say my name every time. And I just want the listeners to know that I, I technically got this going. I was the reason we all came together, so stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Yep. Weird thing Mario to drop at the top. started the idea. Um, Bryce podcast. brought it to fruition, and Cole does everything else. <laughs> um, so, this week we're going to get right into it. We have a very interesting movie. It was selected by me, Bryce, the picker of this week's movie, which is Hardball, starring Keanu Reeves from 2001. And so, Good year, important year for yeah. Star Wars. Nope. Nope. That was 90. For Space Odysseys, though, it was a big year. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. um, so I just want to talk a little bit at the top about why I picked this movie because for the most part, we've kind of picked movies that we really like or are really uh, interesting to us. And so I hadn't seen Hardball in a really long time. I hadn't seen Hardball. And you guys hadn't seen it before at all. I had, so don't speak okay. for me, please. Oh, sorry. Um, Extra sass tonight. So the reason I picked it, and this is true, I'm going to get this out of the way at the top, I, so 2001, I was about 10 years old, 9 or 10 years old, and when I saw this movie, probably a year after it came out, because I didn't see it in theaters. Did you see it with Cole? No, I did oh. not see it with Cole. I just said I hadn't seen it. Oh, yeah. just in case. Uh, it was, and still is, the only movie that I have cried whilst watching. Wow. So I was interested what a bitch. to... You cried during every movie, loser. <laughs> <laughs> I was interested to see, because... There is a lot going on there that could have not aged very well with my like, recollection of what the movie was about. I was interested to see how it held up. Uh, it is almost 20 years old at this point. So anyway, we always want to start with our personal ratings. So we're going to give a rating from 0 to 100, with a 100 being a perfect movie, 0 being the worst possible movie, and a 50 yes. being an average movie. Mario, what did you think of Hardball? Yeah, um, so you cried like a baby. You're like, you're a baby is what you're saying? No, I cried okay. watching this movie. It's the only movie that's ever made me cry. I, I don't know why you're saying that makes me a baby if I've yeah, said only one movie in yeah. my life has made me cry. Well, I will say this. I cried several times in this movie, so I was just, I was faking you out there. I was doing a fake out. Okay. Um, I think... Weird fake out. I was angry at you for picking this movie after we watched it because I think this is the hardest movie we've done for me to review. Because I don't have any flaws with it. I really? think it's great for what it is. I really enjoy it. It's really great. But I won't give it a 100. Okay. I don't think it's the best movie. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's bad. I don't think it does anything wrong. There's one plot hole I would like them to change, but it doesn't kill the movie. Okay. So for that, I give it a 75. Just based purely on, I think it's a 3 out of 4 star caliber movie. Yep. I think Keanu is... I, I like his acting choices that he makes as that like schizophrenic, paranoid gambler. Mm -hmm. and I think he's perfect. I think the only other character I could see, only actor I could see playing that part would be like Nick Cage. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I I really enjoyed it. I thought the the cast of kids was really good together. It was funny we did this after D two. Yeah, this is what a real good kids sports movie should be like. Including, I mean, it's an adult movie, including Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, exactly. uh, first Which movie. Which is the plot I think, hole I want to talk about later. Okay. Um. So I really liked it. My God, it, I was so it was very emotional. Like, it is an emotional oh, movie. Even when before G Baby dies, spoiler, when the larger kid has to hide in the tunnel with his pizza. Oh man, and, that's a tough oh, scene. I too. thought that was G Baby when I rewatched oh, it. So no. I'm like, he's gonna yeah. die. Um, so yeah, 75. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'd never seen this movie, and 
I've heard of it in like in context and conversation throughout my life. And so I knew that quote unquote, I've never cried until G baby died. It's been like a meme I've seen before. Oh yeah. So like I knew once I got introduced to the G baby character, I was gonna be like, Oh, I'm gonna lose you at some point. Just, so so oh, to that some degree sucks to know that. I was like prepared, but it still did not stop me from crying several times throughout the movie. Uh, and I am the opposite spectrum from Bryce. Um, just for reference point, I cried at the end of Men in Black 3. <laughs> um, what happens at the end of Men in Black 3? Can I just go on a tangent to tell y'all? Yeah. I would love to hear I'm it. sorry to spoil this for anybody because this really did pay off well for me. This movie's also 10 years old, but that's okay. <laughs> so Men in Black 3 plays a lot with time travel. And you get this scene where basically Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith's character are um, kind of having this kind of final departure from each other and Will Smith doesn't understand kind of the whole context of the story of what's happened. Uh, and so it's all taking place at Cape Canaveral with a space shuttle launching and this alien that's trying to get off the planet to kill people and he kills an agent who ends up being Will Smith's father. He kills oh. this guy who's a like military police on base there. And then you find out that the person who picks him up in the truck at that very same moment is Tommy Lee Jones oh. from way back when. And so you hear... Kind of kills the first movie for you, though. No, it's, it makes it that much more sentimental uh. because he had been watching him his whole life uh. is the idea. Which makes sense about why in the first gotcha. movie he wanted him so badly. Exactly. So anyway. So I <laughs> bawled, and hopefully that ruined that for you. But that's not what we're talking about tonight. Pun, you bawled, hardballed. Uh, I did ball for hardball. Um, so I went with the three and a half out of five uh, and gave it a 70%. I think it's good. I, I'm, I'm kind of in a very similar place as to Mario. Like, I don't think this is a perfect movie. I don't, I don't know how I would improve it, but... It's like it's it's an enjoyable movie. I think it's a good kind of um, like without maybe going too far. I think it's like a good cultural movie. Yeah. Um, I think some of those in this same vein where you have, if I can just be specific, a white person entering into a minority community and quote unquote fixing it, that plays off kind of kind of ugh. yeah. Like that as that portion hasn't aged well. Like I think about uh, the movie with um, what's his name from Friends. Um, which character? From um, Matthew Perry? Yes. He he plays a movie where he's a teacher in like an underprivileged area. Huh. Um, I and know that. there's a That's Chandler, right? Matthew Perry? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's several of these movies where, quote unquote, a white person moves into a minority community hmm. and fixes it. And those always, I don't think, age well. But this right. one, I don't think, fixes it. And it does that in a good way where it just kind of brings attention to what's going on in those yeah. scenes. Um, and so I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I actually saw it the opposite of that. It's funny you brought that up. I saw it more as they, the kids changed him, showed him a new perspective on life. Right. Because um, he's still way out of his element. Um, but I wanted to double back as well as teasing Bryce. I cry at a lot of movies. And it reminded me of, have you guys ever seen Coco? Pixar yeah. animated? I got so emotional. My wife bawled when we saw Coco. I couldn't leave the theater. I couldn't compose myself. <laughs> and then as soon as I got in my car, I had to take like five minutes to cry. So when we were watching this... I wanted a good cry. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was a it, great like, cry. It, and we'll get to the ending. I wanted to devote a whole section to the ending, but it is very emotional. Um, I'm actually surprised that you guys were so high on this movie. <laughs> I actually have the lowest rating of all three of us, which is surprising, because I do like this movie. Do you like I, love? I, I wouldn't say I love this movie, but I like it a lot. It has a significance to me, as I've mentioned. Um, and I was worried about what Cole said. I was worried that we'd have a little bit of a quote-unquote white savior trope which is not a good vibe but i think i agree with mario like i don't get that feeling that he is like this that keanu's character is this person coming in and rescuing them all and, and saving them all so much as like it seems like a very symbiotic might be the wrong word but a very mutualistic Mutually, relationship yeah, yeah. well he's very privileged right so he privileged in the sense that he clearly grew up I wouldn't say he grew up in an affluent neighborhood by any means because he's still very poor. But, but he grew, grew up in that neighborhood. In, a, in a, an apartment complex where you didn't have to worry about staying below the windows. Right. He's like, or, why is everybody sitting on the floor? Yeah, That's a good scene. People carrying guns around you. So, yeah. it so was like he, was, he became woke in that sense. Yeah. So I gave it a 67, which is pretty close to what you guys said, just a little bit lower. Um, we were all higher on it than Metacritic, which is the rating that we normally use. So the you're closer to the pen. Metacritic is a 48. Wow. So, seems very low. Wow. But I think huh. it, when I give this next score, it'll make a little bit more sense. So, 48 is mostly from critics who said it was slightly below average movie. But right. the cinema score, which is what the way cinema score works, is they instantly ask the audience, like as they're leaving the theater, to give it an A through F score. 
so Cinema Score audiences gave it an A minus, which probably makes a little bit of sense. Oh, this is a great movie to to like. As soon as you're done watching, you probably feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Or bad. Or I mean, it's nice. Good, like sentimental. Like yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah. a weight to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so seeing that the critic score being relatively lower than ours, but the audience score being relatively higher than ours, uh, are we sure? Do we want to modify our ratings at all? What do you think? Um. No, nah, I don't want to. I was at a 90 at one point. Wow, that is crazy high. Because I really enjoy it. And like I said, I don't really think there's anything wrong. I just don't love it to the extent that it should be a 100. Mm -hmm. So I think I think 48 is way off. I know the 48 comes from probably Keanu's inability to act in dramatic <laughs> moments. And probably... The same could be said with his partner in crime in the movie, his friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, he was kind of off at some points as well, but Diane Lane is probably the best actress. Tiki? Adult. Tiki. 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 Played by John yeah. Hawks. Diane wow. Lane's probably the best adult actress, but the movie's really one on the kids. I mean, the kids are tremendous. And that's always a hard thing to do. Uh, the TV show Strangers Things really... Strangers? Strangers Things, like a Strangers Items. Yeah. Stranger Things. <laughs> they all belong to people we don't know. <laughs> They go into people's houses and they go, oh, look at those things these people have. Um, but anyway, Stranger Things really kind of hit the lottery that they selected a bunch of child actors who were all very good. And this movie had a similar thing going for it where they picked a bunch of child actors who were all really good actors. You know who did that really well? Rugrats. That's a cartoon. Those babies could fucking act. <laughs> you know who did it really poorly is... Every other movie that has kids. Yeah, for the most part. But, he does. but I was going to choose It's a Wonderful Life with Homegirl at the very, very end. Look, Daddy, anytime a bell rings... Hey, don't hate on it. I, Mary! I hate her voice. You want the moon, Mary? Actors Juju? Actors before 1960 were just generally terrible. Come at me, old Mr. Potter! They're, they're bad. Um, if our grandparents are listening, <laughs> what's a podcast? Can um, you boil it? But I think the kind of rating makes sense. This... Uh, audiences being so high, critics being so low, because this is like on a rewatch, the kind of movie that I had like hoped to highlight with our podcast of like, it's just a good movie. Like it does what it wants to do. It wants to be this kind of sentimental, but sports movie. And it, it doesn't, you know, it's not a groundbreaking movie. It didn't alter the way cinema works, but it's a good movie. I enjoyed it's, watching it. it. I mean, it's loved. I've never met yeah. someone who doesn't like hardball. Yeah, exactly. It's and like I, one of the most loved kids sports movies. Yeah, and for me, like I think, like I like this story enough, or I love this story enough that maybe some of the critiques of even like how the story takes place from like a plot standpoint, like maybe I don't believe is this possible, perhaps. But once I get to the like the meat of the movie happening, I don't care anymore about kind of how he got there. So if, if like the critic complaints were something like the believability or like some of the execution things, those are so minor to me in comparison to like the overall story that it doesn't matter. Do you yeah. think you were, would you change your score? Uh, I like my score, 70%. So we all agree that there's no like egregious flaws in the movie, but um, if you were gonna fix it, what would be the most efficient way to fix hardball? Mario? Uh, why don't you start with Cole? Okay, Cole? Oh, cool, yeah, I'll start with me. <laughs> um, so we talked about, or Mario mentioned this earlier, that there's some erratic behavior in Keanu um, that it's definitely like representative of him being kind of this degenerate gambler. Um, but I see like the degenerate way more in like, we've referenced it several times cause he's so good at it, hmm. but Edward Norton worm, as worm. I knew you were gonna say that. Um, so like his person. About, Gosh, could, that could you imagine him in this movie? I could see that a little bit more so in like, again, being he's like so this good. like deadbeat kind of person being pushed into the situation. It win an Oscar. <laughs> but so that's probably where my, some of the times in, my, in the movie I do get pulled out of it a little bit. So there's just interactions he has with the kids that feel like just too erratic to the point that like, oh, you would not put an adult with kids anymore if they behaved like this. And some of that is like, yes, it's a 2001 movie versus like it's 2019 now. And so obviously some things have changed for the worse because of terrible behavior that's happened in the world. Um, but like just things like, Y'all load up in the car. We're going to go to this baseball game. We haven't told your parents. We're just going to go. Um, like, I, I love that scene because it's sentimental. It's impactful. It's a beautiful scene of them getting to enjoy their first Major League Baseball game. But, like, the moments before that, he just walks back and forth between this car and shouting at them. Like, rah, rah. Like, it's just weird to me. And I know it's a little bit of him's turmoil with 
breaking away from being a gambler and choosing the team, but it just seems like his interactions with the kids at times feels un uncouche for an adult. See, I thought that scene in particular was a ruse. He was trying to trick the kids into thinking he didn't want to he didn't want to coach them. When in reality he knew he was gonna take them to the baseball game. No, I think he you know, like I so? think he was going back and yeah. forth. And I think in you know, different <laughs> communities of kids have different things that they will accept as tolerable. And so I didn't think that like Keanu's obviously inappropriate behavior towards the kids of being mean to them and kind of yelling at them at times would seem out of place in the community that the movie takes place. A lot in. of them I feel like this was their male presence. Right. And you it know, kind of alluded to that. It, it, and it also makes a point to show that the only other male presence that a lot of them have besides Keanu is, is gang people. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't think it's unbelievable. I do think, you know, like you said, Cole, like obviously that wouldn't fly with certain communities and certain groups of kids, but I don't think it would be even that surprising for this kind of group of kids. Also, just generally across the board, Pee Wee sports coaches take it way too seriously and are way too mean to their players. <laughs> I played a lot of peewee sports as a kid and my mom like now will tell me stories like, I can't believe these people were allowed to be coaches. <laughs> they like just yelled at like, <coughs> just yelled at like 10 year old kids. Yeah. yeah, who was their rival team? Yeah, that kid. The, that uh, I don't remember. Wawoos or Wawas. They're all after African tribes. Yeah. But yeah, that guy is the worst. Oh my gosh. Um, their, is this their be- coach. Is this before his wife is killed or after? Who's? John Wicks. <laughs> um, Before his wife, after his dog. Yes. So my fix kind of goes along the same lines as Cole. Not to the ex- too extreme. I Like I said in the beginning, I liked Keanu for this role. I thought he was really good. Um, the scenes that kind of went above and beyond in a bad way for me are his interactions with the bartender when he goes into that one bar and he's, he's in debt and the guy constantly is asking, what are you going to pay me? What are you going to pay me? At one time... After he gets the, was it like 12000 that he put on the Bulls to be the Heat, mm-hmm. he goes to celebrate with, was it Tiki? Tiki. Yeah. Tiki? Tiki Tiki? And yes. uh, he like goes in there singing some song. I can't remember what song he's singing. Big he's Papa. singing Big Papa. Oh, Big Papa. Duh. And uh, he's just, it's like, he's just overly drunk, but then he sobers up fast enough to be angry at the guy. It just felt out of place. Um, it was like the one time in the movie where I'm like, okay. They're putting a movie scene into the story. They have to have one of these scenes. This is the time for it. The other thing I thought I would fix would be, if you're taking the beautiful Diane Lane on a date, why are you taking her to that shit bar? <laughs> I know you don't have any money, but I don't know. Go for a walk or something. <laughs> poor, I mean, and he goes to a dirty table. Well, <laughs> the table's been Poor waitstaff. But don't take her there. He was a bartender. Um. <laughs> she fucked a sailor. <laughs> But no, I think I I, I kind of hear some of that. I like the scene of him going back and forth with the bartender, like the guy who owned the bar, because um, you get the scene before where Diane Lane, uh, Elizabeth, I think is her name, like the teacher, um, she calls him out, like I know that you're not working for the security company. Um, I know that you are in debt to some gambling debts. I get it, and he like blows up on her. He's like, okay, if you just knew what I was, you like, just came fuck out you, here. Diane Lane. He came out here just to basically tell me I'm wrong, I get it, and he gets mad. And I think that scene is just the tipping point of that same feeling where he's just been having people in his life kind of look down on him. Yeah. He's like, he says a really crucial line to Diane Lane in that moment when he says, people like me allow people like you to feel good about your crappy life, basically. Oh, like, yeah, it was harsh. Oh, my god. I was gosh. like, gosh, that is a real tough sentiment. Why does she like him? In the one scene when he goes back and Keanu's like, <laughs> I think you like me. I think you're liking me. He's trying to offer the job. I'm like, God, girls really like guys that they want to fix up. I like so Keanu. after watching that, I quit my job. <laughs> I started coaching. It's not really coaching. I go to a little league field while their kids playing. That's and I, like, super yell against at them, the law. Like, hey kids. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Here. Come over to me now. I took them to a baseball game <laughs> in November. Told no one. <laughs> oh, I also had fixed. Uh, get the rights from Major League Baseball so you can put the friggin' logo, the Cubs logo. Cubs logo. Yeah. Well, it's just Sammy Sosa in a blue shirt. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the Blues are playing. <laughs> the blue team. Um, I think my efficient fix is I need a montage where the team gets better. Definitely. Because oh, and, yeah, they, and they get do, amazing. They do play the very best team their first game, and they get blown out. And then they have another practice, and Keanu basically yells at them and tells them to stop being mean to each other. 
and he says, you, if he basically says, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. But then he also teaches them how to like encourage each other, and that like turns them around. And then from that point, they go on a tear where they blow out every other team, like run up the score on these other teams. And it's like kids who didn't know how to play, field the ball or take positions. Yeah, so it's like, so the implication from that would be were they just really good and just couldn't like were such horrible teammates that they couldn't play together. But it's like that doesn't make sense in baseball. Like baseball's not that much of a team yeah. sport. So I, I just need a different reason why they go from being one of the worst teams in the league yeah. to one of the best overnight. Um, that's that's my plot hole in the baseball movie that they I need to understand how they got better. Yeah, or even like give me something where like perhaps like. I don't need much of this, but maybe Keanu had a baseball pass. Like, like give me a give me a bar sign at the bar he goes to, where he's like some young kid that was like a stud in the neighborhood. He doesn't but, even gamble in baseball. But like literally, like he's hitting bat in practice, and it's like, have you ever hit a baseball before? On the first <laughs> couple, then he's like, he sends a zinger at a kid, like, and right. teaches him a lesson. So it's kind of like, who, who's coaching these kids? Is it just this degenerate gambler, or did he have a baseball pass? Yeah. Oh, before we bounce sections, my plot hole I forgot Go to for mention. It. I did not remember, and I did not like how it played out, that they do not let George, Michael B. Jordan play again, and he ends up in the game. It's not that they don't let him. He's not allowed to. Right. I thought, as I watched the movie, I completely forgot he was in this movie, which I think this is one of his best acting performances. <laughs> do not what? ride that hard. Do you, do you not like Michael B. Jordan? I think Michael B. Jordan is Oscar-worthy in Creed. I don't think he's good in much anything else. Do you I've think seen. he's good in Black Panther? I think the character's good. I think he overacts. I think he's overshadowed in that movie. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't think he's great. Michael B. Jordan, I love you for what it's worth. He, great also, body. really great performance in The Wire. Michael B. Never Jordan, I Wire. love you for what it's worth. Really great performance on Hot Ones. Loved it. <laughs> um, so I was a little disappointed that the coach didn't do something to bring this kid back. It's sad. It's like they failed him. The coach said his hand. I mean, Keanu, his hands are literally tied because that other coach was such a douche. About right. Pointing that out. But I thought maybe he's going to come back an assistant coach. I didn't remember. I'm like, wow, they just gave up on the kid. So I think this movie, though, also tries to be a commentary. Yeah, it tries to yeah. be a little bit more of a commentary. It tries to be a little bit more like maybe hard hitting and quote unquote realistic, um, which is why we get some sad moments. And like, you know, obviously it sucks that. Michael B. Jordan's character, whose name is Jamal in the movie, like has a not happy ending. Like he gets a shit stick, but um, it also feels realistic. Um, yeah, it does. So I mean, yeah, but, it is tough though. Like when you see Jamal with the gangbangers that are about to unfortunately kill G Baby a few minutes later. So it, it is tough. Yeah, it's no. Not. There was no overacting Michael B. Jordan movie moments in this movie, which is good. Well, that's true because he was also like twelve years old. So he's really good in that. He is really. You good guys in should this. watch Creed. He's in it. Creed is an excellent movie. He right. moves to Philly. This character Jamal <laughs> changes his name. I think. Nope, that's not what happens. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to what did you guys think was the best scene in the movie Hardball? And so to qualify best scene, we don't just mean what scene is the best one, quote-unquote, but if you had to show a person only about five or ten minutes of the movie, which five to ten minutes would you pick? So what do you guys think is the scene that sells the movie? I don't think there's any one particular scene. I think there's a lot of scenes that are effective, and I also honestly don't think there's any wasted scenes in this movie. Um, so this was tough for me. I really like the scene when they go to for pizza for the first time, and you can yeah. see Keanu interact with the team. And... It, you get to see the kids who have kind of been a little bit of like punks towards one another. They finally develop this brotherhood for one another, and they start to embrace Keanu as their coach because he's buying them pizza. He's buying them pizza, but he's almost, he's taking he's investing in these kids' lives. Yeah. So he's yeah. kind of like a father figure for some of these kids. Um, so I think that was a cool scene. I also think a really really moving scene. I cried my eyes out. Is, is when he's reading at the at G Baby's funeral. Yeah, that's an excellent scene. I just don't think I would pick it for this specific category, just for the reason of like, well, if somebody doesn't know what happens, you yeah. definitely don't want to spoil it for them. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I wouldn't end there. I would start it from there. True, but I would start it from there into the when he confronts them in the church gymnasium and they said they want to play. That's really good. Yeah, up until the end, and. Can we talk about the ending here, or do you want to do the uh, I want to hold on to it for okay. just a second, sorry. All right, so that's what I would choose. Yeah, I, I think for the most part, as I was picking like a quote-unquote best scene and worst scene, it was hard for me to pick either because 
the movie is pretty even throughout the whole thing until you get to the end where there's a big, obviously, emotional spike. Um, but I do think I would actually show, starting from Keanu trying to quit on the team, saying the other guy's coming back, I'm just dropping off the stuff, he'll be here in a minute, to then changing his mind and taking them to the Cubs game, which is a really cool scene. Obviously, the Blues, as, Blue, as Mario, well, he does say it's the Cubs game. Yeah. He does call it the Cubs, even though they can't use the logo. It is, it is noticeable for a sports fan like me that it should be different logos. <laughs> I know, I'm just but I think for an average. It's at the Detroit Stadium. Is it? Is that yeah, what it's shot at? Oh, it's shot at the old Tiger Stadium. It like, um, did not look like Wrigley. But nope. <laughs> it's not. Like, Come on, guys, we're going to Detroit. Well, they purposely... You can literally see the Tigers' logos on the seats. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they oh, purposely yeah, use very close-up shots so you can't tell what, yeah. what field it is because they use the super zoomed-in shot of the kids. They use super zoomed-in shots of everything. Did they film in Detroit, the movie? I don't, I don't know if the whole movie shot there, oh, okay. but that, I mean, that baseball scene. I'm sure there's only a few stadiums Detroit that are at the time like, please come shoot in our stadium. We want you. But it's really cool to see like the kids, you know... Obviously, similar to the pizza scene, like the kids finally have something happy, and like it is cool to see these kids who are very quote unquote hardened. Obviously, they're actors, so they're Hardball. just portraying it. Um, be joyful, and then when they think they see Sammy Sosa and realize it's not, and they're like, "Oh man!" And then I think it's G Baby. No, really, no, no, Jefferson. It's Jefferson. Yeah, really does see Sammy Sosa, and they get so pumped, and Sammy Sosa like waves at him. It's so like pageant, pageant. He's like, <laughs> it's like wonderfully lit, and he gives them like two kisses and points. He's yeah, he's giving them everything. I think I think that's the scene I would show because it kind of gets the the tone of the movie. Doesn't give too much away, but it is a really enjoyable scene to watch. So that's so funny. I put that as my dark horse. Uh, honorable mention for best scene because ah, a subcategory creating your own exactly because <laughs> it was a part of my efficient fix was that scene is where he's going back and forth but I think it does pay off well to see him finally get to take them to the game and again with no context of it being anything of like what we said at the beginning with a white person coming in and fixing it but just kids experiencing something they didn't get to experience for the first time and, and him kind of getting to experience it because of that watching their joy their excitement um, and he, you know, that scene was preceded by him coming into a good sum of money off of some really intense gambling. Mm. Um, and so I love that it's not even that they go and they go in the nosebleeds, that they're in the second row. Like, right. Because he has just... 2000 extra dollars, I think, after paying off his bet. Exactly. So he probably dropped a lot of money to take, you know, the 12 people total to this game. Um, mm. So that's a great scene uh, that I would show. And I think another just great scene for the movie, if you're just going to sell the movie, is just those opening practices with the very first times that Keanu gets to interact with the kids, um, especially because in those moments you believe the most that Keanu wants nothing to do with it other than the $500 he's being paid to be there because um, he holds the kids late and then you see Jefferson having to go through some struggles because of that. But my real like honest answer of like my favorite scene, so to speak, from this movie. Oh, so you've been lying to us this whole time. I have. Okay. But hey, I, I was in debt and I needed y'all to cover six points for me. So now that <laughs> I've won, uh, well, I we'll stake you and then the juice will keep running. Oh, wrong movie, wrong movie. <laughs> you know what gets me high on this? World of Kings over Aces? Yeah. Nice. Place some cards. <laughs> um, but no, there's a speech that Keanu Reeves uh, has with his players uh, that really hit home. Like even more so than his speech uh, at G Baby's funeral, uh, and it's something that I think that like, I truly like want to take with me into life. But he's talking to the guys. He says, "I want you guys to take a good look at yourselves and feel proud. We made it here. We're here. What I've learned from you is that it's really one of the most important things in life is just showing up. I'm blown away by your ability to show up, though everything else that's going on. The league never wanted you to play this game, but you showed up. But we're only eight players, so we can't play. That's right before the championship game when." They're not sure they're going to play, but just that that quote about showing up really hit me hard. And then yeah. G Baby's brother shows. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Kyrie. G. I think it's G Child instead of G Baby. Coffee. Kofi. Kofi. G Baby's running was Jarius. Jarius. Yeah, but Kofi is his older brother. Yes. Um, best player on the team, probably. He is the best player. Uh, so again, we all agree we like this movie. We all thought it was pretty even across. The board. So, is there a scene that stands out to you as a quote unquote worst scene, or uh, I always categorize it as a scene that quote breaks the movie, um, that makes it seem like it's a bad movie as you're watching it? I don't think anything breaks the movie. I think I would just reference back to what I said about um, Keanu kind of blowing up with the bartender a couple times. It kind of takes me out of the movie Hardball in the sense that 
it doesn't fit with the guy down on his luck coaching mm-hmm. the baseball team. It goes above and beyond and tries to focus on the gambling problem a little too much, I think. Because yeah. um, I don't know the backstory of why he owes this guy money and he the guy the bartender knew his dad and the dad was into gambling too. So he owes money, and this happened. And this is my actual worst scene. So he owes money because he took out a line of credit to make a wager on his father's name and his father's dead. Oh, okay. So the what a bar- shitty guy. Right, yeah. It's not a cool move. The bartender realizes what's happened and is basically called in the mob to collect because he's like, he's not paying me. Not the Italian mob. I don't know which mob. There's no Italians in this movie. Okay, well, so... It's not Jersey Boys. When he goes back... I think you were talking about when he goes back after he's covered the bet. Yeah. And he's saying, Big Papa. Oh, yeah. That, I actually enjoy that scene. He's, you know, obviously not singing very well, but it's okay because he's celebrating. And the bartender kind of does the thing that you thought Grandma should have done back in the Rounders pod where he's like... He's not like, oh man, I wanted to beat you up. He's like, oh, that's great. Give me my money. Yeah. And Keanu's like, I'll have it for you tomorrow. And the guy's like, baby, money's money. You better have my money tomorrow then. And that's it. Like, that's kind of the end of it. But then as Keanu's walking out, the bartender has to get an extra line of like, cool, you'll just be back in debt to me in a couple weeks anyway. You're just a degenerate gambler. You're always going to be, what are you going to like coach Little League on the side? And yeah. when he. You become an assassin. <laughs> when he takes a shot at Keanu. Coaching Little League, Keanu gets pissed. Oh, I do. Like and he that goes, moment. "You don't know shit about those I kids." Do like that. And that's a really good. That's a really good moment. Um, but the first scene, which is the first bar scene, when he loses the bet on his dad's money, and they come up to beat him up because he doesn't have the money, and they realize that he uh-huh. owes them like twelve thousand dollars, and he beats himself up. And he What's goes, the line? he says like, no one can kick my ass like I can or something yeah. like that. And that's like, in the like I said, I hadn't seen this movie in a while and rewatching that scene. I was like, oh no, is this movie really bad? <laughs> and so like the first scene isn't good. Uh, but then from there, it's all up, I think. Yeah, that is a really terrible scene as well. I kind of had the same feeling watching it for the first time. I was like, oh, hopefully this is not uh, a testament of things to come. But I don't know. I think I'm similar to Mario. I don't, I don't know that I have a scene that breaks the movie in such a way that I would enjoy it more if it didn't exist altogether. Maybe that scene that Bryce just said, but... Do you guys buy the chemistry between Keanu Reeves and Diane Lane? Do you think she was the right fit for him in this movie? So I I think it's interesting because you mentioned this before. Like, why would Diane Lane be into this crappy guy? And she says it in the movie, though. She says, like, the only reason she cares about him or is interested in him at all is she says, I can tell the kids like you and the kids trust you. She wants Keanu to put a baby in her. She says, the kids don't trust anyone. So right. she knows that because of the way he is, the kids trust him. So that makes her more open to him. Even though she clearly doesn't really like yeah. him until way late in the movie. But the chemistry-wise, you think they have it? I'm like, and who else can you put in this movie for Keanu? I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine too because they don't I mean they don't give them a lot of room to like have a yeah. dating life. And again, I for I think for a good reason to keep the movie on the actual story of keep the team. Keep it focused. I mean, I liked her. She's a yeah. babe in this movie. Yeah, but I thought you had a good point that. I agree that the gambling stuff gives me a lot of anxiety. I think like it builds tremendous tension of like him and his livelihood if he's going to have his quote thumbs broken or whatever. He's going to get in in or out of debt. Well, but, he doesn't have a livelihood. His only no. job is selling fake tickets to sporting events. Oh exactly. <laughs> hey man, you sold me a ticket to yesterday's game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think perhaps if you lose a few of those scenes of him going in and out of debt or not really getting out of it till the very end, and give me more scenes for the home life of the players and their family lives, I think I care even more yeah. about the team at that point as I get yeah. introduced to the characters more. Give me a sex scene. You're disgusting. What? <laughs> I want to see Diane Lane and Keanu connect. I feel like that's a good time for us to it's move on. It's rated R, right? Yeah, yeah we're going to move on. Like a Top Gun, Let's, take my uh, breath away. The kids can like accidentally knock on the door and poke their head in and they see it. Like, oh, like, coach, damn. Like Keanu doing animal crackers on her belly. <laughs> yes. As a, a meteor approaches. <laughs> What is that reference? Armageddon. Armageddon. Oh, I don't, I don't know that one. So anyway, uh, next thing I want to talk about, and this is a very random category, and <laughs> clear, best category. Clearly identifies me as my upbringing very quickly because this movie was white. Oh yeah, almost the certain, <laughs> almost certainly the very first time that I had heard the song Big Papa. Oh, me too for by sure. By Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. Big Papa. Um, which is funny because it's one of the most well-known rap songs Big by Papa. one of the greatest rappers of all time. And I learned about it from a movie about baseball. 
Did you know so, uh, Biggie's Pizza in Jacksonville is named after Biggie Smalls? I did not know that. Yeah. I did. Love it when you call it Big uh. Pop. Uh, there's a funny Barstool Pizza review and he keeps singing it. You should go watch it. Stop this podcast. Go watch Stop it. Stop sending traffic to websites that are doing fine. Big Pop. <laughs> um, so anyway. <laughs> go look uh, it up on Facebook. They're doing okay. MySpace. My question regarding this category. Do you guys have any other funny music slash movie connections that like maybe a specific song always makes you think of a movie or vice versa? Tough, this is a tough one. I racked my brain. I only came up with theme songs for a long time. My favorite film, no, uh, let me restart. My favorite film is Casino Royale. Right. For a long time, the Casino Royale theme, um, which is the, uh, who's the lead singer for Audio Slave? Chris Cornell, he did the theme song. It played in my head whenever I did daily tasks. It was like, it's like, da, na, 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 like dramatic yeah. tasks. That, the Godfather theme, da, na, 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 that plays. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I'm working out, if there's no music, I will go revert back to Rocky. So that's Rocky funny. Music. It sounds like most of yours are like instrumentals, though. Like Yes, all of them. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But um, I couldn't think of any like songs like that. that so I, I think I probably win this category. All I'll, right. I'll just Please tell us. So before I go to my winning. If you lose, we kill you. <laughs> deal. Uh, something else that happens in movies in general in this category is, so another song from this movie that I just got reminded of again is DMX up in here. Yeah. Like Deadpool. There are, there are just songs that when you get returned to them, you're like forgot about how much you love them. And so right. that scene also is great. Um, but my answer for this is from our OG episode, and it's Evanescence. <laughs> Wake me up. Wake me up. Electra, Daredevil. Oh my Electra God, and Daredevil. Yes, Gosh, that, that song will forever be Daredevil, will forever be the funniest punchline to the squirrel riding the, the airplane, squirrel airplane video. video. <laughs> Wake me up inside. Wait, so the DMX was Deadpool? Huh? Well, DMX is also in this it's movie. It's also in the movie. It's like in the montage of them winning well. They played the song. Y'all gonna make me lose my Oh, it's in this one. Oh, I thought I guessed right. I, I, think this, I thought you were thinking of Deadpool. No, I think the song in Deadpool is X Gonna Give It To You. Oh, yeah, I'm so white. Song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for me, a lot of mine are, are a little bit smaller than Cole's. Cole's definitely wins. Evanescence, Wake Break Me, me up, up Inside. Break Me Up Inside. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a funny one for me is, so uh, any our, some of our listeners probably already know this, but I'm a big fan of the University of Georgia athletics team. and They suck. Well, no, they don't. But their band always plays songs from movies. Like, they use instrumentals from movies as the band's song that they play during football games and basketball games and whatever. And so, a couple of big ones. First of all, they play a song from the Gladiator score when the dogs are on defense, which, like, is hilarious to me because Gladiator is one of my favorite movies, and they play that. But then... I don't Mo- remember the song. I wish I could remember. Well, there's no lyrics to it because oh, it was yeah. instrumental. I think it goes, Gladiator, we're nope. so strong. We'll fight. Gladiator, <laughs> you didn't <laughs> win. So the other song they use, they use all the time. They play it at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, and they play it also at the beginning of the game. Is They play a song from the original Superman movie score. Not the song that's most associated with it. But it's called the Krypton March. It's actually what they play at the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah, Krypton March. Dun 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 dun. No, that's a different movie. Uh, same uh, same music person though. Um, is it John Williams? Yep, John Williams did Superman yeah. and Star Wars. So anyway, uh, now when I watch Superman, I think of ah the, the dog. dogs. Yeah. So those are mine. Always thinking of different uh, oh, bands. The Gopher, Minnesota Gophers. My freshman year, their fight song coming out was. The Pirates to the Caribbean theme. What? That's the direct equation I have is Gopher to Pirates of the Caribbean. Right? Pirate Gopher. So, we've been teasing it for a while. you have heard of me. Who is Justice Beaver? But let's talk about the ending. So, we've been teasing it a little bit. But, so, I'm just going to go over what happens at the end because... There's a lot going on. So he's on a boat with the baby. The, the ship's there. They're saving humanity. They oh, get to. Movie. They can't go under sixty miles an hour. <laughs> oh, sorry. They get to the <laughs> semifinal game, the game that they need to win to go to the ship, as they've been chanting the whole time. And they've got a couple runners on base. They're midway through the bottom of the ninth. They've had uh, two outs as well. And Jefferson, who's a player who's asthmatic and overweight, he's having an asthma attack, so he can't go up 
and they don't have any more players. Like they don't have anybody to pinch hit except for G Baby, who's too young to play. But it shows uh, Keanu just pointing to G Baby and go, G Baby, you're up, and then it fades to black, and then it cuts to Keanu taking G Baby and Kofi home, and then you get this scene where they're trying to get in. There's gangsters where we see Jamal, and basically bad stuff happens. G Baby's killed by a bullet ricochet, and everybody cries. And then it fast forwards again to G Baby's service, and they have a couple people speak. And the the <clears throat> the mom of G Baby gets up and says, "If there's anybody else that'd like to say anything, she wants to open it up." Which is not a move that you normally do at a funeral, but okay. And then. Keanu, who's the coach, raises his hand and she says, yes, please come up, Coach, coach O'Neill. And he comes up and he gives this eulogy. And it's, it's like Mario said, some of Keanu's best acting ever, oh, arguably. I, I would uh, watch, I'm, I'm thinking about it now and tearing up. And he goes back and explains what occurred from the time he says, G-Baby, you're up, to G-Baby basically hitting a game-winning game walk-off single. Uh, so it's a, you know, a non-linear device in a movie that's been very straightforward. Yeah. So far, so it really kind of changes the way the plot is Came progressing. Off it is first. a bit confusing. Yeah. So that's that's what I want to talk about. Two questions really here. Do you think the plot device they use is effective to tell the story? And do you think that the death of G-Baby is a bit too yeah. much for the film? Um, I will, do you mind if I start? Sure. I think the plot device was highly effective for accentuating his speech it made the speech so much more effective and and heavy yeah and that kind of leads to this next part i don't think it was too much i think that kind of twist in the plot is exactly what you need to make a movie memorable if they were just g baby goes up hits a single they go and they go to the championship and they win and the feel-good moment of the movie is g baby got to play and he was overlooked like i don't know if we're talking we're not watching this movie but the fact that they killed off G Baby, like Cole said, he had never seen the movie and he knew that was a you know he knew that happened. Yeah. Um, and as much as you hate to watch it because it's so sad, the speech is such a good payoff for that character, and you can walk away from the movie saying like, "Oh, I'm glad I watched that movie. It's just different than anything I've ever seen." So I think it was a very effective ending. I don't know if I would have ended it with the game not happening, but I think that's effective in the point. The that game does happen. The championship game we don't see happen. Oh, no. I, I like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's effective in not doing a disservice to that G-Baby character, right. that whole funeral thing. Because the point is kind of like what he said in the speech that Cole mentioned earlier. It doesn't matter whether or not they lose that ship. Because <coughs> yeah. their, whole, their whole goal was to make it to the yeah. game. That was what they said. We're going to the ship. And also Cole's quote that he gave where he says, your ability to show up. And even after Kofi's younger brother dies... He still shows yeah. up and plays baseball, which allows all of them to be able to play. And for the non-sports so, fans, ship is a abbreviation for championship. Yeah, that's it's right. It's not an actual ship. If you didn't know that. It's never specifically stayed in the movie, so it could be confusing. Yes. You think they're going on a boat somewhere. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to the Cubs. It's like the Queen song is the first half of that origin word. We are the champions ship. You're nope. right. Oh my gosh. It's like they were made to be together. They're and that perfect... song is not in the feature in the movie at all. What a travesty. That's my one fix. Here you go. Give me more Queen. I want to see the Cubs play in Chicago. Back into category, I think uh, I think the plot device works. So I, I I think it works now having seen the movie. Right. When I was watching it, I was really frustrated at first to Agreed. see uh, G Baby get called up, and then the next scene, them riding in the car, getting dropped off at the house or at the housing projects. Because I was like, oh, like. I really wanted to see him get his hit. Like, are they not going to show me that? Right. And in my head, I'm like going through like what probably happened. I was like, oh, you know, probably he's so young. They like didn't get a, him at base where it looked believable. Uh, so I was like, ah, oh, that's annoying. So then you see the whole scene with him uh, getting shot by a stray bullet. Let me let me pause. Let me ask you as a first time viewer, when he's dropping him off, do I, you? I don't remember in the moment. Do you think um, that the season's end, or does he ask? Does he tell them they have practice again? He mentions something small. He says, I'll see yeah. you guys on Saturday. Yeah, so but Saturday. it's not clear whether or not... It's not 100% clear whether or not they won. Okay, so do you yeah. remember in the moment thinking, oh, they must have won? I Yeah, I think... I got, I, I was confident in the moment they had won. Okay. Um, and I also, like, you obviously know in the moment if you knew that G-Baby was going to die, that this is the scene he's going to die in. Okay, um, sorry. And so then to get the time hop, time hop, 
like once I had finished the movie, I was very fine with how it had played out, and I think it does work well. There is kind of a, a part of Keanu's speech that is kind of funny if you don't remove yourself from like the reality of what it's trying to say that's taking place. So thematically, you have these shots where G Baby's stepping up to the plate and he's taking pitches and he's kind of getting shook and he's gonna be in there, but narratively, Keanu's taking these very long pauses to like let the actual video catch up, which is kind of funny. Like, yes, maybe you're emotional and he's pausing in the room, but if oh. you're picturing him, he like he like G Baby gets up to the plate. G Baby hits. Yeah, but if somebody's giving a a speech at a funeral service, you usually give them a lot of grace with long pauses yeah. in oh, yeah, their no. speech. I get that. Um, it's almost so, like this is a movie. But then, <laughs> then also just the baseball of me though in that scene was that G Baby did not need to get a hit. He would have the an impossible strike zone. Yeah, he would be walked he easily. Could, but he would if he got walked, it wouldn't have brought the true. Home. But he's, true, I don't think he gets up. I don't think he hits. I was that kid. Hit. I was a small kid. I bad lead off my whole career. Because you, you got know, walked? I got walked every time. <laughs> I either got hit by a pitch or I got walked. One season I had two hits. But like the joke of Keanu crazy is that OBP. he's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the joke of Keanu is that he is like, you know, one-dimensional or he doesn't have a lot of like emotional range. And I think his speech plays off in a really good version of that where he doesn't get too like... It, it almost feels like he's like... He's definitely not overacting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems like he's like bearing the weight of what happened as the coach and kind of like... Yeah. Kind of speaking as a as a point of you know support, yeah, I agree. So I'm glad I'm glad we all like the ending. Like I said, I think it can feel a little bit frustrating. Like Cole said, that wait they jump. I missed what feels like the most important part of the movie, and they just cut it out. But it feels like the payoff later, like Mario <laughs> said, is worth the f- temporary frustration. So ending's good. Strong recommend movie Hardball. What about actor Keanu? Strong recommend there. So. Our category is uh, Keanu, underrated, overrated, or properly rated. And then, secondary question, what's your favorite version of Keanu? You want me to start? Sure. Uh, I think I would categorize my life as in a Keanu sauce. <laughs> you said sure. Keanu sauce? A Keanu sauce. Uh, not to be confused with I thought you said a Keanu sauce. I did it first. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to make a confusion there because I do make Keanu sauce. Uh, it's great on chicken. What uh, is in that? Keanu. <laughs> He sells me his hair. Um, Super gross. I'm in a bit of a Keanu seance. Um, but my first memories were definitely... So my first memory of Keanu is Speed. Never um, seen it. Sandra and, Bullock? Yeah, Sandra Bullock. And he's on the bus and he can't go under whatever it is, 60 miles an hour. Uh, and then soon after that is Matrix. And I liked both those movies a lot as a kid. Uh, and then I think there's like a long gap of Keanu that I never watched between like Matrix 1 and John Wick. Uh, but I love like the John Wick series. I think he's great in that. And so I think of Keanu as being appropriately rated. I don't think he's underrated or overrated. I think he's appropriately rated. And then somewhat of a PSA on Keanu is just like the internet loves Keanu Reeves. He's and the nicest true. guy in the world. The more I get to like hear about little Keanu factoids of him like giving up his seat for people on the bus and like all kinds of just like Keanu nicisms, I'm like, man, he's just like a good guy though also. Yeah. Donating his salary to the Matrix to the effects team. Apparently, that's not necessarily true. Oh, but, well, yeah. sorry, Keanu. Anyway, he, he, he is yeah. famously a very nice person. He's I, in all my always be my baby. Always be my baby. Great hilarious Keanu. version the best of Keanu. Keanu. Um, I, I agree with Cole. I think for a while Keanu was underrated, but because of his recent renaissance and internet fandom, he's become appropriately rated. Not quite overrated but appropriately rated. And similarly to Cole, my favorite version of Keanu is action Keanu. Even though I obviously love a movie like Hardball, dramatic Keanu, I think he's very underrated in his ability to do dramatic roles. But action Keanu is so great. First Matrix movie, all three John Wick movies, is really Keanu at his best where he does have that sort of lack of emotion in his roles, but it really works well, especially in John Wick where he's emotionless until you get the yeah I'm thinking I'm back speech which is like top five action movie speech ever it's so good so I, I think Keanu is appropriately rated and I love action Keanu this is a tough question I don't know if he is appropriately rated I still think he's a little underrated 
by the general public as an action star. Like, he's like he's only an action star, yeah. basically. No, as an action star, I think he's underrated still. Like you think it, people still underrate the John Wick movies because maybe it's just our bubble that loves the John that's Wick. That's what movies? I'm thinking. Okay. Um, like people like our dad's generations who maybe maybe saw the Matrix, but they grew up with young Keanu. Like I remember, I can't remember what it was with Bill and but, Ted. No, but they're just like seeing like oh, I remember when he used to act. They say stuff like that. I don't think they know how brilliant he is as John Wick. Like, as that role, he is so good. And I, I want to say he's slightly underrated. Um, but my fav- that's my favorite version of Keanu. I think my favorite Keanu Reeves movie is John Wick 2. But one of my favorite movies is early Keanu, and I think he's outstanding in it is Point Break. Yeah. And that's the complete opposite. Now, well, it's a pretty action-y movie, though. Yeah, but when you watch it, there's an extent of him overacting as Keanu and you kind of buy into that because the Johnny Utah character. What's his name? Johnny California? Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. Utah. Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. And it was Johnny that. State. No. Um, so, I don't know. I watched a movie not too long ago. He plays an attorney. and he, Devil's Advocate? I was going to reference that one oh. as well. But no, this was like a 20, 2017 movie. Um, it's a very low budget film. And I, I liked his portrayal of like this even-keeled attorney in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Renee Zellwinger's in as well. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I honestly still think he's a little underrated as an action star. As an actor, I think he's appropriately rated. Oh, I, I, I say, love him. Anything he's in, I want to see. I was going to say the opposite based off of you kind of changing my mind. It does feel like maybe as his ability to do non-action things has become less about like the lore of Keanu, that he's become underrated in his ability to do those kind of roles. Oh. He's so good, though, in those action movies. Like, he's not like he a is. Steven Seagal Obviously. or, a, or a Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, what he brings to the role, even if it's not in like a verbal role, it's just so much better than any of those people before him. He just yeah. he conveys that deadbeat. Like, he's very menacing yeah. in John Wick. Definitely. And, I, and I've never <coughs> watched any of his comedic roles, like Bill and Ted. And that I've never whole. seen that one either. And so like, I'd be interested to see how I would like him in those roles. But They're I can't doing speak. a sequel. I can't speak to any one. of his like, oh. yeah, yeah, a threequel, <laughs> threequel. They're doing um, a threesome. Nope, that's not right. No, him and his wife, I think, are. They're calling it John Quick. He's gonna <laughs> finish first. So, <laughs> anyway, let's move on to everyone's favorite category. Don't speak for me. Everybody's favorite cat. I will speak for you. Tidbits is everyone's favorite category. All right, I quit. This week, uh, Tidbits is sponsored by Smith & Stevens Securities. Mm. We're not really sure exactly what you do, but you definitely do enough to pay Keanu a lot of money to coach a Little League no, baseball uh, team. 500 a week, so, you should be paid more. To coach Little League? You don't get paid for that. Yeah, but... 500 so, a week. He was being a mentor to these kids. Anyway. For like two practices a week, he's yeah. getting 500 a week. My That's first true. tidbit comes back to what I said at the beginning. I was worried that maybe this movie hadn't aged well. And I found that I was pleasantly surprised that it had. Until the very ending, when they break to play for the baseball game, and this beautiful R&B song comes on. I'm like, man, this is a cool sounding song. I dig it. Somebody starts singing. I'm like, I recognize that voice. Who's singing? And then I look it up. Robert Kelly singing the theme song Mm. to Hardball. And so I said, oh, well, there's one thing that (laughs) hasn't aged. Robert Kelly? R. R. Kelly. Kelly. R. Kelly. I never knew his name was Robert. Yeah, so that's not great. R. Kelly sings the theme song for this movie. (laughs) Okay. 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 That's Um, him. That's Dave Chappelle. Uh, So the song's called Storm Is Over. R. Kelly sings it. Um, It is a nice song. I wish R. Kelly wasn't literally the worst person ever, but uh, yeah, sucks to be like that. Cool. did you find any tidbits? Uh, I always love finding my tidbits. Uh, I find them weekly, actually. Um, <laughs> well, look at those bits you found. I always, I always say that when I spy the bits, I go, "Ha! Look at these bits I just They're found." So tiddly. Uh, they are tiddly and tiddly. Uh, but my tiddly bits for this week are reserved exclusively to director Brian Robbins. Um, so I love this podcast because it helps me to look at the filmography of actors and director roles and producer roles and people who are part of other projects to see I hope you love it. We pay what, you enough. what their track record is, so to speak. Uh, and so Brian Robbins is hilarious to me because his, to me, his track record is either like something that is a stud or a dud. Like it's, it's on either side he's of the spectrum. He's a home run swing. Exactly. Uh, so he's done things like Good Burger, um, nice. which I like oh a lot, gosh. which I don't think I would like as much as I don't think on the rewatch. One movie, recently rewatched it. Not terrible. One movie I used to love a lot when I was younger that I know I wouldn't like now, he directed Ready to Rumble. 
Who's in I that? Seen that? Oh, it's it is like I'm sur- I'm not surprised that no one has seen it. <laughs> Who's in it? Um, I'd have to look it up, okay. but thanks to the power of editing, I can look it up right now. Uh, and so the lead actors are David Arquette and Scott Kahn. They play these two guys that are super into wrestling, and they follow the wrestling scene, and it's called Ready to Rumble. David Arquette does even act. I think the best thing about his career was that he married Courtney Cox. Also, a former uh, WCW World Heavyweight Champion. David Arquette? Yeah. It was poorly received by fans, but he was the champion for some reason. The re- maybe, maybe wrestling? The, yes. Maybe because of this movie. He was <laughs> not a big guy. He's not, no. Uh, but Scott Kahn, he's in Ocean's Eleven. He, he plays oh, James the, the two brothers that yeah. are always at war with each other. Uh, but he played, so he did those movies. He did Hardball, which I think is obviously great. Uh, another pretty big negative in his category is he did the movie Norbit. Oh wow! Yeah, oh my uh, god, yeah. one so of the worst movies. He's I've kind ever of seen. on either side of the spectrum. Worst movie I've ever seen. One of he, he swings for the fences. Yeah, he I respect that. Um, swing away. Which is funny because he did a baseball movie. Uh, my tidbit. So we have our disdain with the Razzie Award. Yeah, I don't like it. As we mentioned in the cocktail podcast, which is fans have said it's one of the, our best, if not the best. Um, I happen to host that one, I guess. You I said fan? I remember. Yeah, our fan who works on this show. You? <laughs> and um, so that movie had one of the Razzie. Right. Um, Keanu Reeves won the Razzie in this movie for Worst Actor. Right. Which I, again, I just think it's kind of like the Nick Cage effect. You're just looking at the actor as a whole and looking at some of the scenes that are ridiculous. But for that character that they developed in this movie, he was perfect. He yeah. delivered the lines exactly the way that guy had to deliver the lines. I've, uh, I've ranted against the Razzies before. I'll yeah, do they, it again. they've written to us. They say, stop <laughs> ranting against us. It's just, it's too, it, it should be more like humorous and it's too mean-spirited. And I, yeah, I, don't, I don't particularly... They ruined Hayden it. Christensen's career. Did they? He, he got two as Anakin. He got Razzies two years in a row. Do you think people pay attention to that? He quit acting. Uh, yeah, but probably more because Star Wars fans are the worst than They love Razzies. him now. They love him. They do? Oh my god, they right. love him. I'm not familiar with this. Last tidbit, a little bit of a puzzle because this movie topped the box office. The name of the bar is Puzzles. But also performed very poorly at the box office. So I was confused by that. But it's, there's not, that, a, it's not that confusing. There's a reason why. You know when this movie was released? I do. 2001? Oh, I do. September 11th? But only because I looked it up. September 14th. It's oh. the first movies after 9-11. Yeah, so wow. uh, unfortunately for them... Probably part of the reason it did poorly at the box office was their particular release date. Yes. It was released September 14th, 2001. Obviously not a great weekend to release a movie. And not a movie like this. And not a movie like this either. So, um, very interesting. It didn't do super great for that reason, I would assume. Um, but it was the first movie to top the box office after September 11th. Yeah, I saw another one too in that same category. Is that Diane Lane is in this movie and another movie she's in also released this weekend. And they were number one and number two at the wow. box office. What does she, she do, what does she do now? Still acts. No, but she was in was she oh she I was thinking ER. She's not the ER woman. No, she's not the ER woman. Yeah. So our final question every week we need to know does hardball belong in the junk drawer? I'm gonna say yes. Um I think <clears throat> it's a movie that lives in that junk drawer as soon as it came out on DVD. I feel like they just put it in there. <laughs> I just I don't know, I just feel like it 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 sums up what this podcast is all about. It's overlooked a lot of times. It's a movie that you can put on whenever you want to and jump in whenever you want to because it's it's a good watch. And uh, yeah, it's not it's not too heavy in the sense of like a heavy watch. Like it's heavy because it's emotional, but it's an easy watch. Do you feel like this movie is rewatchable or not? I no. think it is. Oh, good. I, I think it is and it isn't. I don't think it is. Like I wouldn't want to rewatch it too regularly, and that's part of the reason why I gave it a seventy-five percent. Okay. But I do think it it's easy to rewatch if that makes sense. So not super rewatchable, but not 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 rewatchable. Yeah, not unwatchable. Not like Passion of the Christ level of rewatchability. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the book is better, anyways. <laughs> I think it is rewatchable. The prequel's not as good. I think what I, I mean, I only say that I've only seen it once ever at this point now. <laughs> And so it's hard for me to say that it's rewatchable, although I think it would be rewatchable. Uh, me rewatching it, I think what would happen is I would just fall more in love with the kids and the team and getting to know their stories more and like hearing their jokes and comments and fights and stuff like that. So like that aspect of it would be rewatchable. And even like no no shame towards Allie, but like this is a better 
kids sports movie for me than D2 The Mighty Ducks. Well, but it's not for kids. Yeah, that's true. Right. It's about kids, but not for kids. That's That's why it's better for us. That's true. But I don't think we can show kids this movie. Well, I, I wouldn't. I mean, again, I was like 10 years old when I saw this, so I guess so. But I would not intentionally be like, hey, 10-year-old son, would you like to watch Hardball? You ready to cry, son? You want to cry? Or you want to watch your dad cry? <laughs> uh, but I think it does belong in the junk drawer um, because, you know, it is a movie that not many people have seen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree as well for the reasons that you guys said. I think it's instantly in the drawer at Walmart or Target. It's a movie that's very overlooked for reasons that we've talked about, but it's a good movie. And so I think it does belong in the junk drawer, but it's great. I don't think I want to rewatch G Baby Die every time. Like that's... It might be a movie that you just pause at that point every time. That's yeah. a lot, how a lot of rewatchable movies are for me. I get to a point and then I pause it. Okay. Well, that's so like uh, you're you're in control. Just say, hey, I've had I've had what I want from this movie. That's all I want. That's so Raven. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any movie suggestions uh, that you would like to send us, please send them to askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. We have a Gmail account. That's big time. Yeah, they're free, but I guess that means they're big time. Uh, or another free account that we have is Twitter. Uh, and we are at junk underscore pod on there where we tweet out every time we release a new episode. Do we? Uh, feel free to. Uh, yes, I've we do. I've never checked it. Um, we well, don't have a Twitter. That's true. That's why. I don't so either. Feel free to message us on there or follow us or like us or any of those things. And from all of us here at the junk drawer and borrowing from Coach O'Neill, we just want to say thank you to you listeners. Thanks for showing up. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. If there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about, then please reach out to us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. See you next time.